Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. Hey, folks, away we go. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio, and we are thrilled to be with you. Brian Blessing hanging out as we do now on Fridays at the Superbook at the Westgate. What a great joint this is, man. We got the horses and hoops and golf and all kinds of cool stuff going on. Sunday, of course, they have Football Central. Great place to watch the games in the theater here at the Superbook. In the mobile app, you come in, you sign up. Bet 100, get 100 when you sign up. That's a screaming deal. Glad to be with you on a Friday. We're racing to the weekend. As always, we're going to have a great time down here. But it always behooves me. You like that, Stevie? Behooves me. Good use of behooves. It's a good word, a good use of behoove. Behooves me to say hi to Stevie because he's the guy pushing all the buttons. How you doing, buddy? How you doing, man? Hey, Kyler Murray practiced today. They're calling him a game-time decision still for Arizona, but the fact that he practiced today probably uh, looks like, you know, he may get the start. Hey, man, we're keeping tabs on all this stuff. I mean, you think about a week 10, we got uh, Russell Wilson's back in action. Uh, we got to monitor the quarterbacks. There's no doubt Darnold's out. P.J. Walker probably goes. Cam Newton maybe next week. All kinds of stuff on the dock. We got a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to have great fun today. And we always love when our good friend, and he is a good friend and a good guy, the one, the only Andy Isco from The Logical Approach, is kind enough to join us. I just love coming down here, but I love seeing you, and it's always great fun. How you doing, man? You holding up? Doing fine. It was a very interesting game last night between the Dolphins and the uh, Ravens, and uh, it's interesting because that was a big play last week in the Survivor Contest, and the Ravens managed to survive against Minnesota, and the beneficiaries of that were the people who picked and survived with Baltimore last week because those who decided to play Baltimore this week not quite as fortunate. That was as dull a performance as I can remember seeing out of not just uh, this edition of the Ravens, but any John Harbaugh coach team since he's been there. For I 13, can't begin years. to tell you. I mean, we talked about this during the week. It was hideous, but beautiful at the same time. If you've got under in the game, you're you're laughing, you're loving it, and that was fun. But I'm just telling you, there's something about this NFL, the short week, and we're seeing teams step up to the plate. And Baltimore kind of fell victim. They survived Sunday. They were one of the only teams that kind of survived Sunday. And then they get bit in this one. But you look now, the hodgepodge in the AFC North. We know what's going on in the AFC West. Tennessee's without Derrick Henry now. The Bills have stubbed their toe. But the AFC is, I mean, really, for the for the top dogs, is wide open. Yeah, it really is. You mentioned the uh, the AFC North. There's no team that you can eliminate in that division. Normally, you could have eliminated Cleveland and Cincinnati in most years over the past decade. And, of course, last year, Cleveland, under uh, Kevin Stefanski in his first year as coach, 10 games and went, made it to the playoffs and, you know, had some success, especially against Pittsburgh. And then Cincinnati got off uh, to a strong start this year and, yeah, they had that little hiccup against the, uh, uh, the the Jets two weeks ago. And then last week, they just met the Browns at the wrong place at the wrong, well, not the wrong place because it was a home game, but at the wrong time, they had finally, it had, they hadn't leased Odell Beckham yet, but they were basically reached that conclusion because he wasn't with the team last week. And uh, Cleveland uh, 
played like we were accustomed to seeing Cleveland playing early. So there's really no team that you can count out in that. It's, it's, it's kind of like the NFC East was last year, only with winning records. It's a very tightly yeah, punched division, go. but they're all, over, they're all over They're all over 500. It was unbelievable, literally. And Stevie, thank you, trying to get me a doctor last night. Or was it a nurse? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm watching the first half of the Ravens game, and I'm literally going, come on, man, I just got done watching this. That game was the Bills-Jaguars game. It was it was it all over again. They finally scored, you know, in the fourth quarter. Uh, finally, someone put it in. But I mean, listen, good on the defenses when they step up and do good things, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. But as much as it was the defenses were playing good, Andy, I would say it was offensive inefficiency. Yeah, and that's uh, one of the things that you watch for with teams is that uh, you know you you are methodical in moving the ball downfield, that means you're going to be successful in scoring touchdowns if you have seven-minute drives, 10, 12 plays. And you have 10 to 12 plays, Something there's a greater likelihood that something could go wrong in one of those plays as opposed to teams that have a higher risk uh, but a greater reward with the quick-strike offenses. Teams are taking, for example, that away from Kansas City right now. And that partially explains some of the issues that the Kansas City offense is having. They're not used to going on long drives. They're used to scoring five plays in a minute 47. This is no small deal. I think we just gloss over it, you know, because Mahomes is Mahomes. But Edward Solaire practiced this week, and they're saying he's looking really good in practice. And it sounds like he, he's going to come off IR. And it sounds like... We'll find out more after today if he's a go. You need a running game. And basically, they're not worried about the Chiefs running game, and they're playing the two-deep cover. They're not letting them get over the top. And Mahomes has been pressing a little bit. That'll be an interesting Monday night game, which we will talk about when we come back to the Superbook at the Westgate. Our buddy Vinny Maliulo is going to join us in the next segment as well, a little later. Our bud Jay Cornegay, who does such a... Wonderful job here at the Westgate at the Superbook. He'll check in as well. Stevie's back in studio. Brian Blessing, Andy Isco. Glad to be with you. Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. On a Friday, it's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. To win, you need a strategy, a plan. You've come to the right place. We're the home of sports gaming strategies and information to give you the winning edge. I mean, we're not just doing this for our health. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. We're down at the Superbook at the Westgate. Brian Blessing here with Andy Isco. Stevie's back in the studio. We're working on getting Vinny Malio. Andy, you got a couple of soup cans I could borrow? You mean with a uh, string attached? With a string, yeah. Let me check. I, I'm telling you, I, uh, it's like, uh, nope, not today. I, I think it's me. Um, we did a hockey thing today. We had like a little technical thing. And then, uh, okay, whatever. I mean, the, you know, stuff happens. 
We want to get Vinny on. You know, we love well, maybe, our you know, buddy we, Vinny Malio. Maybe Oasis. everybody pushed the clock back last week. Maybe you pushed the calendar back this week because tomorrow is the 13th. That would make this Friday the 13th if they pushed it back. Oh, yeah. What's the name? Friday the what? 12th. Thank God. But I'm saying that maybe maybe, maybe being afflicted by uh, daylight savings time going back. I'm afflicted. I'm conflicted. Uh, we love doing this. Series 159 Sports Good Radio Network. KSHB 1400 in Las Vegas. Stevie's back in the studio. He's giving it the old college try. See so if we get the get things working here to get Vinny on. Um, what about this weekend, Andy? What's really caught your attention? By the way, thank you for correcting me. I don't know what I was I said Monday night, Ra- uh, Raiders game. Sunday night. Let's hope the Raiders play like they know it's Sunday night. <laughs> that's they, they that's actually, one of the more intriguing games of, of it, the it, week, and is they've it not? actually uh, played well against Kansas City yes, in recent have. years. They beat them in, the, in Kansas City last year, nearly beat them here in the in the rematch, and they had those distractions. You know, we saw the distraction with Gruden and how it showed up immediately in the Chicago game, and then they shrugged it off the following game. And we saw last week with the Henry Ruggs situation, it seemed to somewhat affect them, although not as much perhaps as I thought, because the Raiders didn't play all that terribly. They just... I thought they were very misguided in their play calling. I mean, they ran the ball. I I read this during the week, and I was watching this. You know, Jacobs gets them all the way down there, and they get to the red zone, and I don't know, Carr starts throwing it all over the place. Apparently, after that first drive, they got them down there. They ran the ball to get down there, and then they threw and threw and threw and didn't get it in. But they struggled mightily in the red zone. That they only ran the rest of the game once they got to the red zone twice in 16 plays in the red zone. And I don't understand why why they abandoned the run. And, and, and Carr, it just seems, I don't know if it's play calling or him, I mean, Josh Jacobs is a good running back. Well, sometimes you have to concede the fact that maybe we're only going to gain three yards on this running play, but at least it puts the thought in the defense's mind that you're comfortable running the ball and that they don't have to just consider pass, pass, pass as the, uh, well, basically 80-90% option that's going to be used. But where I was headed is that the Raiders, notwithstanding the loss last week, I think they're coming into this, this week's game feeling pretty good about where they are. And I think Kansas City has to be thinking about some of the issues that they've now had uh, consistently really throughout this season. Last week's win over Green Bay, you know, you uh, you score 13 points for the Kansas City Chiefs and you figured that, that they're not going to win that game. But, of course, you didn't have Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love showed uh, his inexperience. But the concern is with the Kansas City offense, 237 yards of total offense last week. I think it's 3.6 yards per play. So what we were alluding to earlier is that teams have started to take away what Kansas City likes to do best and maybe they'll be uh, they'll be comfortable in um, maybe be getting beaten once a game rather than three times a game and force Kansas City to do something that it normally doesn't like to do, which is take time off the clock, uh, either with, the, with short passes that can't do that much damage. Uh, so I think that the mental state of Kansas City has to be somewhat of a concern halfway through the season, and uh, they're still struggling to find consistency. I mean, last week, give the Kansas City defense credit to a certain extent. They held Green Bay in check, albeit with uh, a drop-off from Rodgers. But this offense and Patrick Mahomes, his decision-making, his uh, you know, the interceptions and all that, um, this is not the same quarterback we've seen the last three years. What do you make of the pace of play in that game, Andy? Um, we know... The Chiefs offense has really... This is the Technology Minute with George Capalbo. 
Does your domestic Android seem to have limited social awareness? I think you know what the problem is. Researchers at MIT are working on going from this... We can coexist, but only on my terms. ...to something more like... Please sit next to me so we can plan your destruction together. MIT CSAIL has created an environment where robots learn empathy and social skills by working together to succeed at simple tasks. Computed and recorded, dear. Rewarded for good behavior, but punished when bad. This is the voice of world control. Kind of like training your dog to behave, but hopefully not impossible like trying to train your cat. At G. Capello on Twitter and stay tuned to The Technology Minute for more cool stuff like this. Hey, we're back with your Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. NAM 1400 KSHP. Brian Blessing down at the Superbook at the Westgate. Jake Cornegay is going to swing by a little later on, and we look forward to that. I want to thank our buddy Vinny Maliulo, uh, who does, you know, this guy's a Las Vegas legend, joins us, was going to join us. We, we got a, there's a thing happening, Stevie. A thing is happening. Uh, I want to thank Vinny, our friends at Oasis. We'll get Vinny on next week. And, you know, it was one of those days. Are you in there with like a Kevlar vest, a pith helmet? It, What's, you got shields on? Are you ready to go? Uh, well, ready to go, no, because now I'm afraid of everything. <laughs> it's like when it rains, it pours, man. It happens. It's live radio. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm afraid to poke the gods. Sorry, right? don't touch anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you. Hey, Chris Bavone is back in New York, and, you know, his head's on a swivel. Listen. I want to thank Mike Cardano and everybody at the Sports Good Radio Network. A couple of things are coming up here, obviously, when we get to the Thanksgiving weekend. We've got our weekend shows, college football, NFL shows with Kenny White and Mark Lawrence. We're also going to be doing special shows, special programming on Thanksgiving weekend uh, with, you know, the big picture look ahead in college football and the NFL. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming your way on the Sports Good Radio Network. Also, hockey fans got the podcast up there, Light the Lamp podcast on the podcast platforms with our bud, Cam Stewart. And speaking of, real quick, Stevie, you got to give the Golden Knights credit, man. They get a W last night. Minnesota come at them late, but you had two kids. And the only reason I bring it up, because we'll have Vegas Hockey Island, and we'll get into this, but sports is big business and betting and all that stuff, and we get it. But sports is still cool for sports' sake. I think that's why March, I mean, there's betting, but the March Madness thing's really cool when the Cinderella has a shot against the big boys. It's just fun when you just get good, fun sports stories. And last night, you had two kids who happened to be playing on the same line, Paul Cotter and the Romberg kid, they got their first NHL goal playing in the same game, playing on the same line. And that is one of the coolest things in all the sports in hockey when a kid gets his first goal. Because even the most seasoned diehard veterans are excited for him. They run and they get the puck for him. It is a pretty cool thing. I remember uh, it was three years ago, their first development camp. Uh, Paul Carter was one of the guys that kind of stood out to me. Uh, him and uh, Brandon Cruz. And I think it was Yuri Patera's first year. Anyway, I, I, Carter stood out in that development camp. 
and now he scores his first goal. And the Romberg kid, Brian, I don't know if, if everyone knows this, he had a serious injury a couple of years ago and, and was out for a season. And then when he got back and was rehabbing from that injury, another serious injury. He's been out a lot due to injury. So his battle back is, is, is really a compelling story. No, and that's great. I mean, I, I, seriously, you just love to, to see those cool, compelling, just good old-fashioned sports stories. So congrats to those kids. And um, the other thing, you know, from a betting perspective, I, I would just say to you, what we're seeing right now is like kind of beyond belief in hockey. We always talk about the Pacific Division being the weakest division in the league. Well, don't look now, but Edmonton's 10 and 2. Anaheim is up to second place, 8 4 and 3 on a six game bender or six game winning streak. And Calgary's 7 3 and 3. The Kings have won seven in a row. The Golden Knights are on a tear, and they're still chasing these guys. Yeah, I, it's surprising. That I, I, did, I knew Anaheim had the talent. I just didn't think it would show up this soon. But they've got some good young talent there. Edmonton, we know, has all that offensive firepower. The defense is the suspect with them. So if they can keep it together in their own end, they're, they're going to be all right. And then the Kings, you know, McClellan's done a good job there. That team gets up and down the ice. No, no doubt. And we'll get into the hockey. We'll have Vegas hockey. And you and I will take some phone calls and we'll have some fun. Uh, that's coming up in the 1 o'clock hour Pacific time. But we're down at the Superbook at the Westgate. Don't forget Football Central to watch the games in the theater for the NFL games on Sunday. If you're coming to Vegas, you'll want to check that out. Our buddy Andy Isco uh, is with us from The Logical Approach. Andy, when so many things are happening at once, and now you throw college hoops into the equation... I mean, believe me, my head's on a swivel, and I'm I'm finding ways to get involved with college hoops, but I don't want to do it at the expense of other things that I've been working well at, I guess, for, for lack of a better way to put it. I'm going with some things that have worked for me in the past, and I'm focusing on some of those things, like at the Buffalo-Michigan game over the other day, because I know Buffalo's pace of play Sure enough, okay, good for them. It went over. I'm, I'm, I'm rallying around some of the things I'm focused on and familiar with. I, you're going to do the deep dive and get you know, completely involved across the board, but with so much going on, how do you manage your time? Pretty much the same thing that you do. I follow it. I don't do a lot of, of wagering on the games early in the season because we're in the middle of the college and pro football season, actually starting the second half in the NFL and and into the second half in college football. You've got the NBA that's been underway for almost a month, the NHL for a little over a month or just about a month. Uh, and we're starting to see form take shape. I'll let the basket, the college season unfold. I'll keep my records that I need to keep. I'll follow it, and from time to time, find some situations that, like you have indicated, have been proven profitable over time. And then as football winds down, I get more and more into, especially the college basketball, and devote the kind of time that I would normally like to devote it. You know, the one time of year that you can really focus in on one sport is basically... June, July, and August, when baseball, for at least you know here in the U.S., the major professional sports, that's the only one that's going on. And so the rest of the year, you have to 
prioritize your time. At least that's what I need to do, and I do it pretty much by picking and choosing. If I don't have enough information on a game, if I don't feel comfortable about a game or a conference or whatever, I just leave it alone. You know, the money spends the same, the money bets the same, and if you feel more confident playing football right now, I think we talked about it in the last week or the week before. There are people who play only NBA. And so they are the experts. They're the ones who are going to profit over the first month to six weeks of the season because that's all they're focusing on when we're following the other sports. And it's the same thing in, when uh, college football starts up, for example. There are some people who have been doing baseball, and they can't do an, an adequate enough job to cover both things to be as on top of the sport that is just starting as those that have been preparing for six months just for that uh, one sport. Is this a reasonable approach? And everybody has what works best for them. But I would say to you, Personally, in all sports, I think I'm in the neighborhood of 70% that I play totals in all sports. You know, my thing is football is a funny-shaped object, and you get a funny bounce on a backdoor cover or, you know, something stupid, and then the team covers at the last second, uh, laying, a, laying a big number. But to me, if my opinion on the side is right... I'm just as prone to be correct on the base of play for the 60 minutes. I just feel the total is a much safer way to go. It's not the end-all, be-all. There'll be, you know, games you'll like the dog. We talked about the Raiders having a horrible spot going to, to, to New York. You, you play the dog. We said Michigan State, you know. You, you knew last week. Yeah, no, and you had the banana peel game. Well, a game like SMU, SMU loses their first game. Fade him against Memphis, an adverse reaction they lost. So, I'm, so the sides are all over the place. I just personally feel pace of play is the way to go in virtually every sport. A goalie can beat you in hockey, but like for the college hoops per se, I'm going on, you can read, get some footnotes, and as you ease your way into it, so you're really convinced how good or bad a team is. But knowing how they want to play the game you know, with the pace of play, you can get involved as you're learning the landscape. I mean, that's me. Is that uh, nutty, well, or no, is there, is there also, rationale to that? No, there, it, there is rationale to it, but you also have to consider that pace of play, that preferred pace of play within the context of is the opponent agreeable or disagreeable to that pace of play? Sometimes, uh, you know, you may want to slow the pace down, and you can do that when you have the ball, but your opponent speeds it up, and which team is going to be distracted most by the uncomfortable feeling with the other team's pace of play? But, you know, to a larger extent, and we sort of alluded to it, that there's nothing wrong with specialization. You know, years ago, and it wasn't that many years ago, you didn't have as many betting options as you do now, so the, your, the limited amount of games... The number of games you could play were limited. The number of things you could do with the games. Well, now you've got in-play wagering. You've got first half. You've got second half. You've got propositions. If you want to spend, you know, if, if you, let's say, let's say you are very familiar with, very comfortable with the with, with the NFL and not as familiar with pro, with college football, concentrate on pro football. Learn all you can. There's a lot of information out there. Now, it's the lines are a little tougher in the NFL than they are in college football because there are fewer teams, it's a smaller universe, the talent, the, 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 
the gap in talent between uh, the number one team in the NFL and number 32 team in the NFL, the talent gap is not that great. It's how that talent is often used that makes the difference. Coaching, I think, is where there's a big difference. In college football, that's not the same. And so you see games like Alabama this week laying 52 points to uh, uh, New Mexico State. So if you can specialize, there are plenty of things you can do within the context of just a single game. You'll have more action than, than you ever thought you could possibly have. He's our pal, the one, the only, Andy Isco, the logical approach. Hanging at the Superbook at the Westgate and coming to Vegas always on a Friday. Swing by and say hi. You want to watch the NFL games, the theater, football central here at the Superbook. Uh, it's off the hook. It's unbelievable. It's just great fun. We're having fun on a Friday. Long way to go. Andy Isco's here. Stevie's back in studio. Jake Cornegay is going to check in in a little bit. Keep it right here at 159 on Sirius and, of course, the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. We're always here. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you don't have to mark your calendar or anything. What do you got going on anyway? That's what we thought. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Glad to be back with the Vegas Sportsbook Radio from the Superbook at the Westgate on a Friday Sirius 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Brian Blessing here with Andy Isco from The Logical Approach. Stevie Slapshot's back in the KSHB studios. Jay Cornegay going to swing by a little later on. We sincerely hope. Yeah, I saw James back behind the counter and said he's got to call at noon, but maybe going to try to scoop by a little later on in the second hour. We look forward to that. Andy, just out of curiosity with all that's going on, how you been doing in the NBA? And... You know, what's your, your train of thought? We're a dozen games in, let's say that, 12, 13 games in. Kind of getting a, a read on some of these teams. I think, again, from a pace of play perspective, you know, I, I kind of saddle up the teams like Sacramento and Golden State and then other select spots where the, the matchup suits you. But in terms of learning who these teams are, first of all, it's great to see Golden State back, back and relevant yeah. at 10 and 1. Would you agree with that? Yeah, they are a fun team to watch, and I I haven't had many NBA plays. I've had a few, and fortunately, I've done well because I've picked my spots. Right. There are some days where I don't have as much time to handicap and review the uh, uh, the upcoming schedule as I do on other days. Sometimes it's the sheer magnitude of games. Other times it's other responsibilities that I have, especially with football. Again, football is the sport that I'm following the most right now because it's the one that you know, we've got as much much information as we're going to have at any point of the season so you know how teams do against good teams bad teams this situation the other situation so most of my time is spent breaking down the you know 14 to 16 nfl games each week the 50 to 60 college games each week so that doesn't leave as much time as i would like to more fully devote to following the nba and now of course the start of the uh, college basketball season like i said i made i made the choice that i am going to be following and betting all the sports but not necessarily and in fact not at all 100 percent of the season as um uh, as one season blends into the other the 
season that's been going on longer is not quite on auto drive, but there aren't that many surprises that I'm going to have to consider as opposed to teams that are just starting in the NBA where uh, a soft or a difficult schedule can explain an unusual start or an expected start. So I'm just into the process right now of doing more daily uh, analysis of the NBA. For example, uh, I'm going to take a look at uh, the Knicks tonight laying a point at uh, at Charlotte. Knicks have played well, but they've also, you know, they're off a couple of bad efforts against good basketball teams. So they're stepping down in class tonight. They're basically being just asked to win the game. The numbers that I have com- that I've compiled uh, support the Knicks as a uh, as a play tonight. Didn't play against um, Atlanta tonight in their game, but uh, um, uh, I don't have that schedule in front of me. But that's a team that is now. Uh, um, is it Atlanta that I'm thinking of? Yeah, I think it's Atlanta, but uh, I, I don't exactly. Uh, Atlanta four and eight. Yeah. Three and one at home, but one and seven yeah. on the road. Those, and that's those home, they've been struggling. Those home road dichotomies too. Very strong. The, in the Sixers NBA. were a team in in past years, you know, and, and of course they'll say this, and you look and see where the, where it is right now for them. They were this dominant team on home court. I mean, winning and covering. This year they're four and four straight up at home. But those home road dichotomy things, Andy. I mean, those are the things you can really pick your spots. No, exactly. And if that's been working, keep working. But I also, when I see those things, I also want to see what quality of competition is responsible uh, for those uh, records. Okay, here, Hawks at uh, at at Denver tonight. Um, I did make a play on Denver the other day. They had the uh, Jokic suspension, right. and they were still. Uh, home underdogs to an Indiana team that has been okay this year, nothing, nothing exciting, uh, and I just felt that that was a bad number. That you still had to respect Denver for its home court, the difficulty of playing there, and what did they play? I think uh, they, I think they won at Utah last night. Uh, Atlanta did, and now they're going into Denver, arrested Denver team. Jokic expected to be back, and I can see Denver. Well, let me see the last uh, line that I saw. They were laying about four, four and a half, I believe. And I could see them coming through with a good performance tonight. That's uh, the sort of the spot play. But again, I, 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 but the starting point is my numbers. I, I've men- mentioned this many times over the years. Is that you know, 20 years ago, before the internet, getting good power ratings, good numbers, was the ending product. Now it's the beginning product. Now, because all this information is out there. You, everybody has little slight differences on the numbers, but that's the starting point. And then the artistic part of handicapping comes into play. How do you interpret those numbers? How do you adjust those numbers for things that are not necessarily in those numbers? How is a team playing recently compared to how it's playing over the uh, entirety of the season? How many games do you want to go back to, to uh, uh, consider current form? Uh, and again, that's part of the reason why I can understand specialization. Uh, years ago, you didn't have access to the information that you have now as far as injuries, load management. Well, while I'm handicapping this week's uh, football games, people are out there who are focusing strictly on the NBA are going and getting all the reports, all the Twitter feeds, all the uh, beat writers' reports, etc., on what exactly is going on with these teams. All of that is going to input or is going to affect and have an impact on uh, the line moves for a game. And some of these line moves have been very, very sharp. And you want to respect them even when your numbers may suggest something different because not everything can be factored into the numbers. And when they are factored into the numbers, people have different uh, thoughts on how much of a weight should be given to those factors. We mentioned that Cincy South Florida College game. The other one tonight, Wyoming and Boise State. Boise State's 14. Total on the game is 48 and a half. It's funny. I mean, you can see the, these two teams. 
they, they'll play games where they can go up and down the field. But for whatever reason, when these guys kind of bump heads, tends to be lower scoring. And, that, that and that's, that's where I'm, I'm playing the under in that yeah. game. Yeah, that's the way that I was looking. This is not the same Boise State team. You know, we went down, uh, we went, we started the season when Boise went down to Central Florida, had the lead, Central Florida came back to win. But then we saw that the Central Florida team, at least at the start of the season, was not the same Central Florida team that we've been accustomed to seeing the last few years. So Boise's performance there, even though it was a lo- it was lost, they played well, may have not been as good as we thought it was back there on, uh, what was it, September 2nd or whenever whenever they played that Thursday, I think it was Thursday or Friday night game. It was a Thursday night game. And Boise has never really been, they've, they've played better since then, but they are not the uh, top team in the Mountain West Conference that they are for many years. You know, now you know, Fresno State's having a good season. San Diego State's having a good season. Nevada's having a good season. And it's no longer Boise and the rest of the Mountain West. And it's not been that way for the, for the past few years. Um, but I could see this game staying under. Uh, I can't, I've, I've gone against Wyoming a number of times this year and been successful when I've done so. Uh, but I, I don't know... Uh, I don't know what to play on the side here, but I, I'm with you on the total. Yeah, let's go to Michigan, Penn State on Saturday. Michigan one and a half point favorites at College Park, and yeah, the t- total. You're saying State College. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Happy Valley. Happy Valley. Yeah. Nittany Valley. Yeah. That stadium's ridiculous. How big it is. What one of those hundred thousand stadiums? Yeah. No, but that's a daytime game though. Tomorrow. But that's exactly what I was going to ask you, Andy. Is that doesn't that game strike you as a game that would be, you know, be a at, five o'clock Pacific, a, a eight prime, o'clock Eastern a time. prime yeah. time under the lights, and this thing comes out of the gate, you know, yeah, a, I don't know a if that day has, game. I don't know if that's to do with the Big Ten and its TV contract or something like that with the Big Ten Network or whatever. But yeah, no, that has all the ingredients. Of being, well, look, we had Michigan, Michigan State, two unbeaten teams, and that was an early. No, no, was that? Uh, I don't think that was a, maybe a noontime game. No, no, it was a day game. It was a. It was, was it a nine a.m. Yeah, nine our time. Yeah. Yeah, the noon Eastern. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I was following. I was following the second, the second half of that on the golf course. I watched the. I was, I was part of the first half and then went golfing. Yeah, I'm reluctant to go against Penn State at home when they have a uh, competitive, uh, more than a competitive team, and that's seemingly what they've had this year. They slipped out. They they lost a, a tough game at Iowa. Uh, when Iowa was playing well, Iowa may have, uh, I don't say lost interest in the season, but uh, they've been deflated a bit since then. We'll see how they handle a Minnesota team that they should handle because Minnesota's been beat up. They've lost like five running backs this season. Uh, Michigan, um, to their credit, they played well last week after uh, uh, the loss to uh, Michigan State. But um, Penn State's a, a solid team this year. They had that inexplicable I don't call it a nine-overtime loss to Illinois. It was a two-overtime loss and then seven plays from the two-yard line for each That team, but, uh, was a gong it was show. Still, it was still an inexplicable loss for Penn State, but maybe not totally uh, out of the question. I think uh, Penn State, you know, they had a nice effort last week against Maryland. No big deal. They needed a late touchdown to cover, the, I think, the 10-point line. I want to say they won by oh, 17 or 16, something like that. Um, I, I prefer to back Penn State in this game. Now, I want to see if this line continues to go up, and if it reaches three, and it might, depending upon some game-time decisions for some Michigan players, uh, I'd have to be on the Penn State side. How about this weird dynamic in the ACC? Wake Forest, NC State playing this week, and you have Wake, you know, just having a wonderful season, number 12 in the country, but they come off this heartbreaking 
high-scoring defeat at the hands of North Carolina, but it wasn't scheduled as like a you know a conference game. And you're sitting there in this monster game in the ACC with two really good football teams, NC State, well-rounded team with a Wake Forest team that can score and give it up, but give it up. So, what wins out? The better defense. Well, you know, you have the uh, you know Mark Lawrence's bubble burst theory in play here for Wake Forest as they lost for the first time. And we did talk about that, but he said the caveat that, that maybe he's leery of it is that they're still breathing at the top of the conference. Yeah, and you know who also has one conference loss and would be tied? North Carolina State. Mm-hmm. They have two losses. The first was week two when they went up to SEC country and lost 24-10 to Mississippi State at Mississippi State. It's a good football And team. then they lost 31-30 to Miami a few weeks ago. So, you know, they could effectively be tied and hold the tiebreaker. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Do you have the standings there? Are they yeah. in the same half of the uh, conference, Wake Forest and NC State? Wake Forest and NC State right there, right at the top. There it is. Yeah, NC, in the Atlantic. NC, NC State can tie them and have the tiebreaker with a win. Um, in, in Pittsburgh, by the way, you know, wins that game in overtime last night. Yeah. Well, also keep in mind, Wake Forest, yeah, the conference and everything, but, you know, when you're unbeaten, as they were, you're not thinking winning the ACC. You're thinking of making the college football playoff exactly as one of a right. few. And that's that's where the – see, it's it's hard. And I understand what Mark does, but, you know, if you, if you believe in the bubble burst theory, you pretty much have to play it. And not make excuses for why you don't want to play. No, this no, game. no. It, it, almost to a degree, it's an across, it's an across-the-board thing. Um, I think there are some caveats to it, but I mean, like, okay, this week I really like Michigan State. I just think, uh, you know, how they ended up at number three. I thought they were really good. I didn't think they were number three, and all of a sudden they lose that first game, and now they got to cover a number yeah. against Maryland, and you're sitting there going. You know, I mean, Maryland can certainly maybe backdoor that thing. Maybe Maryland can beat him, but that's something you got to consider. Yeah, but, see, but see, and what I consider is I'm going to stay away from Michigan State until I get a read. Now, I may not get another chance to play him this year, but if they can bounce back and beat Maryland handily, then they were able to get that loss, uh, that first loss to Purdue out of its mind. Well, I'll and give you one when, when it comes to like, trying to read their mind. Texas A&M beats Bama, and you're thinking, boy, next week that's a letdown spot to the moon. They've won three in a row. They didn't do no letdown. No, they went the other way. I mean, they kept going. Yeah, and they've got a tough game uh, this week. But I'd rather be on their side than against yeah. them because they've proven, you know, they their first two losses of the year were way back early in the season. I remember uh, one I think was at uh, or no at home I think to Mississippi or Mississippi State, and the other one was to uh, Arkansas in uh, yep. Dallas. They've bounced back nicely, and like you say, once they beat Alabama, they've maintained that momentum. It's a team you don't want to go against. You may not want to play on them, but I don't think you want to go against them right He's now. He's our bud Andy Esco. The logical approach. We're at the Super book at the Westgate and we got another hour still to come put a lid on our first hour coming right back and we invite you to do just that with us we're thrilled to be on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius 159 as Stevie would say 159er Is joint pain keeping you down? It's time to bounce back with the help of Uzu CBD Plus. That's Y-U-Z-U-C-B-D-plus.com. Featuring gummies, delicious chocolates, capsules, and lotions, Uzu CBD Plus is your number one choice for all natural pain relief. Tired of side effects from prescription pills? Take pain management into your own hands the natural way. Use the promo code BLESSING for 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders of $100 or more, plus products for pets too. Visit UzuCBDPlus.com today.
Well, you just missed a whole bunch of screaming and yelling. Uh, we're down at the Superbook at the Westgate, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. And 3-6 at Gulfstream, that was a ding-dong battle, Andy. I might call my shot here. I, this might be a dead heat. This was a great race. And you could tell there was a faction of guys had the five on the one side of the room and guys on the other side of the room had the six. Uh, I just love the atmosphere in a sports book. There's always something happening. That's why there's no place like uh, Sunday afternoon or Saturday afternoon for that more matter than being in a sports book in Las Vegas. And here at the Westgate, of course, it's one of the best, one of the loudest, and one of the most convenient to reach. So we invite you, if you come in from out of town, we invite you to come down and join us. By the way, you know, all the cool stuff, we, we, we always do our annual uh, prop show for the big game. We can't wait for that. And if you're coming in for the big weekend, we just invite you to come by and say hi. And you'll love everything that the Superbook has to offer. Boy, I'm telling you, Andy, I might have called this. I'm telling you, they just showed the the uh, low-level replay. This. It's tight. They're showing the six on the screen, but that is as close to a dead heat as you're going to get. We've got hour number two still to come. We're going to dive into the NFL menu. Uh, we're going to dive into college football, uh, hockey, the whole nine yards, and golf. we got the uh, Houston Opens on TV here. It's an unbelievable. When college hoops kicks in, Andy, there's nothing like it on Saturday. The power bill to put all the games up on the LED board is out of the I'll tell realm you what, I think there were like 175 normal. at least games on Tuesday, many of them involving uh, you know Division One teams against lesser-level teams, but there were 120 games matching a pair of 1A teams against other 1A teams or Division One teams that uh, had betting lines on them. He's Andy Isco from The Logical Approach. Brian Blessing, follow me on Twitter, Brian Blessing. Follow our bud, uh, Stevie, back in studio at Stevie Slapshot. Andy on social media on Twitter is at VegasAndy711. We're thrilled to be with you on the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius 159. Hour number two, uh, we're hoping our pal Jay Cornegay, who does such a great job here, can swing by, find out where the steam's coming and where these numbers are going to move heading into the weekend. It's been a raucous, fast week, and we got another hour to come. We'll take you up to Scott Farrell at 4 p.m. Eastern on the network. We'll have Vegas Hockey Hotline locally at 1 Pacific. Another hour to come. We'll be right back to Vegas. Are you one of us? We've just got one question. Do you like games? We do. Do you like